the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Fly, Eagles, fly on the path to almost victory. Let's redo that song. Cry, okay. Eagles, cry. Uh, well, we're not going to cry. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to cry. It was a good game. Some saying the best ever. Best Super Bowl ever. Kansas City 38-35 last night. But you don't need me to tell you that because you saw it. Unless you fell asleep. Game gets a little late for some. Yeah. But I think most folks watched to the bitter end. We'll get into that in a little bit. Beautiful day. Some clouds, some sun. 59 the high. Down to 36 tonight with clear skies. Sunny and uh, breezy tomorrow. High 55. Flyers lost 4-3 at a... Seattle last night, they're hanging out in the West Coast and play them again on Thursday night at 10. And the Sixers home tonight against Houston at 7. Uh, so, and, of course, the Super Bowl, Kansas City 38-35 over the Eagles. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get into a contest just to rattle off some people who won some stuff. We had a big game mini survey on our homepage for a few days. But before that, we actually have a lot of contests going on with the radio station. We like to keep things uh, busy, mix things up, add different opportunities for you to have fun. So one of them is our Ministry of the Month feature. And it's something that we do uh, every month and have done for many, many years. This time around for February, it's Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. You can catch up program weekdays at 8 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. We actually have a bonus airing of it as well this month at 9. So you can check it out several times over the weekend. Uh, Every weekday winner picks up Dr. Jeremiah's book, Prayer, The Great Adventure, and A God Specializes in Things That Are Impossible bookmark, and the February 2023 issue of the devotional magazine, Turning Points. There's also a grand prize winner who'll pick up all of that stuff, plus the David Jeremiah Study Bible and, a lot of ands here, Prayer, The Great Adventure book, study guide, CD set. So... Get yourself entered WFIL.com. We have a few winners so far. Victoria, who's won, who's won a daily prize so far? Yeah, so for Ministry of the Month, we have Robin of Telford, Tim of Richlandtown, Melanie of Philadelphia, Eleanor of Chalfont, Marion of, Marion of Collegeville, and Elizabeth of Drexel Hill. All right, so high fives to all those folks. All of PA. Get your name on that list, but you have to enter to win first so you, we can actually rattle your name off. And then maybe win the grand prize as well. Now, I mentioned a second ago, of course, with the Super Bowl, we had some fun with a little mini survey on our homepage. Ask folks to say who's going to win, what's the score going to be, and some would say even as important, what are your favorite snacks for said game? So let's start off with the fact that we have we were going to give away 10 gift cards, like uh, we have one per person, and then we have a grand prize winner. So who are the 10 
that that won. And it's regardless of if your prediction was correct or close or anything like that. Right. So from Pennsylvania, we had Karen of Flowertown, Anthony of Upper Darby, Ross of Telford, David of Hatfield, Jacqueline of King of Prussia, Ian of Hatboro, and Jason of Philadelphia. And New nice. Jersey, we had Ken of Williamstown, Charles of Elmer, and Tracy of Mount Laurel. There you are. Nicely done. And one grand prize as well. Yes. And that grand prize person, it should be noted, of all the entries, only four people picked the Chiefs to win. So you needed that. I mean, I guess if nobody voted for the Chiefs, then we would have picked the closest guest. But the grand prize was based on accuracy. Uh, we had Henry and Kenneth Square saying 2017 Kansas City and Ian and Hatboro 2117. So the two of them, uh, you know, basically the same guess. And they were close in terms of the differential, but way off in terms of the actual score. Then we had Jason Philly guessing 31-23 KC, which was a lot closer. The closest guess you have there, you can announce yes, it. Yes, the winner was David of Marlton, New Jersey. Yes, David picked a 33-31 <clears throat> Chiefs victory. So that was the closest in terms of what really happened, 38-35. So David's going to get... All five gift cards that a person could have picked, the people who, who entered were yeah. allowed to pick one they want. Hey, if I win, what do I get? So we have, as we do on this show, we have uh, Chick-fil-A, Dunkin', Panera, Rita's, and Wawa, each $5.60 increments. And uh, in uh, David's case, he'll get one of each, plus a WFL t-shirt and a hat. I believe he gets both of those, too. So congratulations to all those folks. Just another way of having some fun. And more importantly, though, Victoria, we moved to the snack section here of the, yeah. of the survey. So I did a little analysis. I don't know so if you did I. Yeah, what did you think? What, what did you think of the answers on well, this? Well, I found the most popular answers to okay. be wings, pizza, chips, and dip, and and some people also had cheesesteaks. Those are the most popular. And then yes. one fancy person had shrimp and meatballs oh. as their favorite uh, snack, which sounds great. I'd like to go to their house. And they also had um, soft pretzels, which I would say like the fourth most popular as okay. well. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. those are my what, snack observations. So what, did, what did you have at your – wherever you were watching? Well, so I went to my boyfriend's and, and went with his family, and they had a nice spread. Uh, there were chips and dip, of course, available. Okay. We had buffalo chicken dip. I'm sure that's a popular one. Yeah, it is we, good we, It was very good. They had a delicious cake. I don't even know what kind it was. Some kind of chocolate cake, and it tasted like cream cheese stuff on it. It was very delicious. It had eagles on it. It was all pretty. It was a shame. So at least the cake was nice, even yeah. though he lost. <laughs> right. And uh, we had like um, steak sandwiches with just cheese. They were like kind of like you just make it yourself, not ones from like the, you know, not the big yeah. ones. You can, smaller. But yeah. The minis. The sli- yeah. Yeah. Mini ones you can make. So it was it was a good spread. Good for you. Yeah. How that about you? That sounds good. Uh, we had, so in our household, I guess my wife and daughter are eating a certain way right now. Oh, okay. So it's different than what I'm doing, and my son Tim was visiting this weekend. So he and I had wings. The Ooh. the local uh, giant actually had like a my my sister texted me. She said, uh, "I'm at Giant, and the sal- the salad bar is gone. There's no salad. It's wow. all wings. Wow. Like there was no cucumbers and no lettuce, no dress, none of that. It was all wings. I'm like, whoa. So I go over there. I love it because, oh, you want the garlic parmesan or you get five of those. You can get the yeah. honey, hot honey ones. So I'll take like eight honey. of those. You know, when you go somewhere, you usually have to order at least 10, if not 20 or some big number. I'm like, right. I don't want that many of that one. I want to have variety. Yeah. And I probably, I probably shouldn't have gone shopping when I was hungry. I, I did it. What was it? The game was Sunday. I went Saturday night. 
They're already oh, cooked, wow. and you heat them up. Right, that's good. It's convenient. Then yeah. you're already set up for your uh, game. You don't have to rush to the store at the last minute. But Giant, I yeah. will say, I am from Jersey, but I have a lot of family in PA. Yeah. Giant is great. They have everything there. Yeah. Well, and the wings thing was what sold me. I would have gone pretty much anywhere. I mean, for, for that variety, the ability right. to do that. Right. So yeah. I did come home with three small tubs of about 18 in each. Do you have any leftover you can bring in for four. lunch? Actually, four. I did. I brought in four or five today. That's all I had cooked. I got another couple dozen at home. So that's I, for dinner. You can bring some in for me to have for lunch the rest of the Let week. Let me think about that. Mm, probably not. <laughs> I might bring you I'll, – I'll bring you a couple bones. Now, were they little... boneless? I didn't forget no, no. to ask that. Okay, I don't they eat that bones. stuff. That's chicken tenders. Right, but I, I like both, actually. I will say I, I do prefer the – wings? I do prefer – no, no, seriously. What I do bird prefer... does that come from? Well, I don't know, but they just – they take my yeah, – to your point, it's like chicken tenders. But I do like – I do prefer the one – the good old-fashioned where you eat on, eat on the yeah. bone. Sometimes it's boneless or convenient. Dip well, them in a little – Yeah, uh, I guess. Yes, I agree. That's fine. Yeah. So that was our thing. Uh, but we got some – a little thing, a side of rib. I got some ribs and we had meatballs. And my sister brought over some veggies and – oh, look at this. What I brought in. See that? Oh, wow. Feta cheese. Feta cheese dip. Interesting. I've never had that. Delicious, spicy. Wow. Crumbled feta. So I brought some carrots in today to wow. nosh on that. Good stuff. Woo. I love feta cheese. And we're both Greek for anyone that hasn't That's heard it. us talk about this on this show. That's right. But I've never had that. I got to try it. It was delicious. It sounded Still good. Still is delicious. So that's that. So that was a snack part of the equation and our little survey. Feel free to go to our contest and surveys page anytime at WFIL.com. Have some fun with that. And it was a disappointing uh, end there. And, you know, and you can Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, yes, you may say. Uh, but it was still a very, very exciting season. So in our next segment, we actually just have some clips. Uh, we have some you know, uh, relationship with the Eagles and the NFL. And we have a, there's a different couple of ways of getting some of the audio post-Super Bowl. So we're going to hear a little bit from Dallas Goddard, their tight end, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, their head coach Nick Sirianni, and their quarterback Jalen Hurts. We're going to just play a few clips for you to give uh, some context and or answers to some of the questions people are asking like, is Jason Kelsey going to retire, for example? Or what about the field? If you watched the game last night, people are slipping and sliding all over the place. What was that Paul Simon song, Slip Sliding Away? <laughs> you know, that's really what was happening on some of the things last night. Uh, what about that call at the end of the game, of course? The holding call, should they have called that? We're going to just give you some audio, not an overabundance, but we have a, a number of clips here from those folks to give you some answers as to what they were thinking. We also are looking forward very much... We could call that an we could call that an appetizer in right. our in our little show here. Literally. The uh, the entree will be Brent McCorkle, whether he knows it or not. He's the co director of the Jesus Revolution film. We had Greg Laurie on from a new beginning last week, and this time around, Brent McCorkle, who helped direct the whole thing, is going to be joining our program and kind of breaking down how that film came about. We have a contest going on. And pretty much everything we do, there's a contest going on. The Jesus Revolution movie giveaway. You can win tickets for that. It actually comes out in theaters February 24th and uh, features stars like Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen, Kelsey Grammer from Cheers and Frasier, Kimberly Williams Paisley. I think she was the mom and the father of the bride films. Uh, also actress uh, Anna Grace Barlow, Joel Courtney plays Greg Laurie. So we'll talk with uh, we'll talk with Brent McCorkle about that, working with those folks. I'm thinking if I'm directing Kelsey Grammer, 
Like, what do you do when you right. when you're working with such a seasoned veteran? Do you just basically say, "Hi, Mr. Graham, uh, do whatever you want. I'll just film it," or do you coach yeah. it along, or how do you how do you bring your vision to the film right. with someone like that? So we'll talk with him about that. You can enter to win tickets to Jesus Revolution at wfil.com. Don't forget, there's also a pre-showing, like a on the 22nd, a soft opening. That, that Greg Laurie mentioned. It's going to be particularly on the evangelistic side, just an eight-minute little thing that's going to go with the film when it's over that you can watch. So he invites you to, to take a friend with you who may not know the Lord yet to that film uh, showing specifically, the 22nd. Again, that's Jesus Revolution telling the story of Greg Laurie, how he became a believer, uh, how he met his wife, Kathy. It's a love story, the, this Jesus Revolution film between Greg and his wife, Kathy, uh, before he, both of them were believers. But it also talks about God's love story for us. And there's a lot of other stories going on, too, including the Jesus uh, movement and the foundation of Calvary Chapel out west and has spawned uh, dozens or hundreds of Calvary chapels around uh, around the country since. So there's a lot of, lot of storylines in that Jesus Revolution film. All right, quick break. Come back and play that audio for you from the Eagles and get on also with our conversation with Brent McCorkle. That and much more coming up. Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 417, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. By the way, uh, mentioned at the top of the hour uh, that our Ministry of the Month for... February is Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Today is his birthday, Victoria. Wow. Yeah, so to celebrate, we thought, you know, we have gift cards we give out. I'm thinking Duncan has a birthday cake donut. Probably sprinkles and jimmies. I don't know. Wow. I hope I'm not making something up, but are you a donut I person? I definitely have donuts with sprinkles and jimmies, so I, they, it could be like a birthday cake. Sort are, of, are you yeah. a donut person? Um, Occasionally. I'm picky with them, but yeah, I like really? donuts. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, Jim Gaffigan has a really cool bit on donuts. I, I know. I think I've heard it before, but yeah. I'd love to hear it again. I'll see if I can find that. But in the meantime, I just want to let you know, if you'd like to text us this hour on the show line, 610-500-DOVE, we'll give you a Dunkin' gift card, $5.60, enough for you to get a coffee and a birthday cake donut in honor of Dr. David Jeremiah, whose birthday it is today, Turning Point, again, our Ministry of the Month. You can maybe time it out and... Uh, listen to the program while you munch your donut and sip on that coffee. Weekday mornings at 8 or 6.30 in the evening is when you can catch that program. 610, 500 Dove, as long as you have one in the past month and one per household, the two little rules there. Otherwise, we'll give you a gift card to Duncan and uh, in honor of Dr. David Jeremiah. Let's go into our little Eagles segment here. Uh, NFL YouTube page has some of these uh, clips Dallas Goddard, their tight end, talked about the field conditions in last night's Super Bowl. Again, of course, the Chiefs winning 38-35. But as you're watching the game, you're seeing everybody slipping around and some players are changing cleats. Yeah, you know, both teams played on the same field. You know, I saw them slipping around a little bit. Obviously, field conditions, we got to make sure we're right. A lot of us ch- did change cleats and uh, it seemed to work a little bit better. Definitely not the reason we lost the game or anything, though. The field was tearing up a little bit, but, uh, you know, once again, we were playing on the same field as the Chiefs, and uh, I really had no no outcome on the no reason for the outcome. It's Dallas Goddard of the Eagles. Brandon Graham, BG, talked about who spoke in the locker room after the Super Bowl loss 
to the Chiefs. It's just me and Jalen. Me and Jalen, uh, Nick did too. Uh, he was the first one, brought us up. And then uh, I was just telling the boys, stay together. Because uh, we put this team together well and um, had a togetherness like no other this year. And like I told them, you know, get credit to Kansas City. You know, don't, they, made, they made plays to win the game. You know, that's just a credit. I, Mahomes, man, you know, great quarterback. Jalen, they're going to be battling for years, years to come. You know, and uh, it's just great to see the game of football just, you know, getting better and better, man. And them boys, uh, they played today, man. I just got to give them all that credit. Brandon Graham of the Eagles, Jason Kelsey, their all-pro center, and his reaction to the fact that his brother Travis, one of the many subplots in the Super Bowl, his brother Travis playing for the Chiefs, the fact that his brother and his brother's team won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm just happy for him. You know, congratulations. You know, it's it's hard to get here. It's I hadn't quite let the emotion get to me yet. I'm sure we'll have a more emotional interaction. Still frustrated at that point, but, you know, really, really happy for Trav. That team deserves everything they had coming to them. They've earned it. Got a lot of respect for everybody in that organization. There's a lot of people in that organization that gave me my start in this, including the head coach, Andy Reid. So, obviously, would have liked to win, but, you know, happy for Trav, for sure. Going to be an awkward podcast. (laughs) That's funny, right? Don't they do a podcast together? They do. Uh, Just a side note, they they do have a podcast, and I actually forget the title of it. I was just looking at clips from it the other day, and it's pretty funny. I mean, it's it's very funny. I can imagine. They had their mother and father on as well, and they talk about a lot of funny different topics. On the podcast. Okay. So, speaking of which, I I finally saw uh, their parent, their mom yesterday. Donna. Donna Kelsey. Donna wearing the split jersey. 50% Chiefs, 50% Eagles. What's it like watching your kids play each other at least they didn't they don't play opposite sides or they, they could theoretically hurt each other right you know they're both right. on offense and they never face each other directly right so yeah now as, as for jason you know he could have easily retired five years ago in mm-hmm. a way after they won the super bowl in 2018 kept on going he plays a very physically demanding position and he does if you they show film every now and again of him he you think of the guy as the the, the center hiking the ball and kind of just being around but the reality is he's He's running around knocking people over. He's running downfield knocking people over. Right. Uh, so they and you know I think he's in his early to mid thirties at this point. Like how much more mileage does he have? Does he want to try this one more time? Will he be retiring? I'm not saying that yet. We'll see. There's a lot of factors at that, and um, I think you know one uh, you know one day I'll uh, soon hopefully I can answer that question. That's uh, Eagle Center Jason Kelsey. You would expect he may not know just yet. A lot of emotions swirling when you're that close to winning the Super Bowl. 38-35 the Chiefs yesterday. Head coach Nick Sirianni was asked about the call near the end of the game. You're watching, and James Bradbury on the Eagles uh, kind of tw- you know got beat a bit by Juju Smith uh, Schuster, his his saying his name is like a tongue twister. Just a, it's a fun name though, Juju. What's your name? I'm Juju. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm gonna say Schmidt. as an Eagles fan, that's grumpy. It's I think it's a weird name. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Be a grouch. <laughs> Be a grouch, Victoria. Uh, it's unique. Put anyway, it that way. if you watch, if you, whether you, I mean, I'm guessing most folks watch it, but if you didn't, you know, the Eagles defender got kind of beat a bit, turns around, spins, kind of holds his jersey of the Kansas City player for a second or a quarter second, whatever, just enough to get a called for holding. But uh, then I'm, I'm watching everybody. Other, I'm listening to a lot of people's feedback. They're like, if you're going to call that a hold, look at the entire game. There are probably right. 50 other times where it was worse than that. Look, at, you know. So anyhow, but in the end, it contributes to Kansas City winning without belaboring that. So Nick Sirianni, head coach, because it comes at the very end of the game there and is a p- very pivotal time, 
Nick Sirianni was asked about that call. There's going to be calls that are going to get questioned, right? Not only by the referees. There's going to be call. There's going to be questionable things that I do, or there's going to be questionable things that Coach Gannon does, or Coach Steichen does, or Jalen does. We understand that, but it's never about one play. It's 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 never about one play, and they got to make that call and split in a split decision. I'm not here to to debate whether it was the right call or the wrong call. Of course, like I'm sometimes I'm like, well, hey, I mean, it went against us. I, of course, I don't like it, but you know. You know they got to make they got to do a hard job in split second decisions, but it never comes down to one play. Even though at times it perceives to, and that's the parody of this league that you can always track. You can always think like, well, it was just this play, and, it, and it's and that's just not the case. There's you know there's whatever amount, however many plays that 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 we had on offense. There's however many plays that the Chiefs had on offense, and then there's all those special teams plays too. And so um, again, like I said, they got a hard job to do in split second, and and I haven't seen all the clips. But, you know, hey, that's not what wins or loses in the game. That's head coach Nick Sirianni of the Eagles, who's not uh, you know, in, the, in the disappointment, still has a positive outlook on what's yet to come. We have a lot of good people in this, this organization, starting with all the players that we have. And I know we have some free agents. There'll be time to discuss that. There'll be time to talk through all that. Uh, but I know we got a good nucleus of guys back uh, to continue to build on. And so... You know, there was a lot of good football this year. We did a lot of good things as a team. Like I said, there's, you know, this one stings, this one hurts. We'll no doubt uh, get better from it. But, you know, we got a good young quarterback that's, you know, played a phenomenal year. You know, just a phenomenal year and good offensive line, good defense. Uh, it, it just all all accounts. And we'll, uh, like I said, we know we have the right people in place. And, and then just this organization's a special organization that, you know, there's a lot of special people in this organization led by Mr. Lurie. That's Nick Sirianni, Eagles head coach. Victoria, I did hear someone uh, discussing the fact, I think it was Ray Didinger, well, very well-respected uh, football mind and, uh, and journalist, radio guy. I believe I, he was he who said of the 57 losers, the uh, team has you know, been 57 Super Bowls, so there have been 57 losing teams. And I think he said only eight of them got back to the Super Bowl the next year. Right. It's very difficult that's to a, do. It's. I mean, so as good as the Eagles are, that's what makes it even that much more painful. Like, you yeah. really don't know if you're going to get back exactly. or not. Yeah. But they do seem very constructed to make that run, especially because our last clip here, uh, again, these courtesy of uh, the NFL's YouTube page, is Jalen Hurts, their quarterback. And uh, it's a great answer to a question about what he's taking away being on the losing end. What lesson he's learning. And I think um, you want to cherish these moments. You want to cherish these moments with the people that you come so far with, your family, your loved ones, your teammates, your peers, everyone that you, you do it with and do it for, you know, and uh, I'm so proud of this team. I will say I'm so proud of this team for everything that we've been able to overcome. Obviously, we had a, a big-time goal in the end that we wanted to accomplish, and we came up short. I think the beautiful part about it is everyone experiences different pains. Everyone di- experiences different agonies of life, but you decide if you want to learn from it. You decide if you want to use that to be a teachable moment, and I, I know what I'll do. Wow. What a mature, what a mature perspective. Love that. Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback. So that said, let's uh, go to our next break here. And we want to move into our conversation with Brent McCorkle, who is the co-director of the Jesus Revolution film. And uh, we're giving tickets away for that. So that's coming up next. And a quick reminder mentioned a little while ago. 
We're giving out gift cards to Duncan today, $5.60 amount, courtesy of Brian or Chevrolet in Jenkintown. Uh, these are to celebrate Dr. David Jeremiah's birthday. He's having a birthday today, February 13th. And uh, I'm just thinking, I know I, I don't go to Duncan as much as I, I used to actually go to Duncan a lot. And now I have stopped and I make coffee at home primarily. Once in a great while, I'll stop in. But I believe they have a birthday cake donut. I think I've seen that there. So we're going to go with that. And if not, just get another donut. But to celebrate Dr. Jer- uh, Jeremiah's birthday today, uh, we'll give you a $5.60 Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Uh, one per household. And if you won the past month, you sit this one out. But otherwise, you're welcome to text our text line. Make sure to put your name and address with your zip code so we can send it out. Uh, to 610-500-DUB. That's our number. 610 500 3683. One quick point of clarification. It, it needs to be you texting for yourself. We've seen different things. Sometimes, Victoria, people call the text line. That's not what it's for. Sometimes people uh, text in blindly. Like, I can tell they're not listening at all to the station. Like, but somebody who is says, quick, text this number. They'll give you a free gift card. That's not the point of the, show, the thing either. And the other day, someone texted in uh, his own, which he's done in the past. But then text it in like another person, like for, for that person. Like, no, 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 no. The reason we do the gift cards, it's a fun, simple way uh, to just say thank you for listening. So it's kind of reserved for people who are listening, which are plenty. And we're saying, hey, we'll give one to anyone who's listening as long as it's you listen, you know, texting for yourself. Uh, not like, hey, can you send a gift card to my kid in college in New Mexico? I've had stuff like that, too. Like, not really. But we'll send it to you because you're listening, and then you can send it to your son and have a nice little conversation. <laughs> so just clarifying. Those are like incidentals that happen every now and again. But the main thing, the text number, text line is 610-500-DUB. 610-500-3683 before 5 o'clock, and we'll get you one of those. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL.com on the app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. We are glad to bring on board now. You've been hearing about this giveaway we're doing, the Jesus Revolution uh, giveaway. We can win tickets or perhaps an autographed copy of the book itself. It tells the story of a lot of things, but Greg Laurie from A New Beginning, which you can catch weekday mornings at 10 on WFIL. How he and his wife, Kathy, met before they were believers and as they were coming to know the Lord together in California. And it's also a part of how uh, Calvary Chapel had gotten started, the Jesus movement. Uh, and there's a lot a lot going on with this. And a, a bigger picture of all of that really is God's love for mankind. And so uh, this film has a lot of levels to it. Last week we had Greg Laurie on the program. And today we're glad to bring on board co-director of Jesus Revolution, Brent McCorkle. How you doing, Brent? Oh, man, doing good. It's great to be here. Thank you for taking time. Uh, director, writer, composer, is there anything you don't do? <laughs> well, I, I definitely am a jack-of-all-trades, but we all know the end of that little accolade. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I do a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats. I'm good at a lot of things, but I don't, I don't necessarily consider myself great at anything. But um, I, I hopefully, you know, I hope that... Um, the stack of what I do, you know, amounts to something. But yeah, I love, I love all the main silos in filmmaking. I, I really love it all. And I started in Dallas, and there wasn't a lot of filmmakers out there. So I, I rightly or wrongly, I just moved forward under the condition of learning it all, so I could possibly 
you know, have a career. So I just, I tried to teach myself all of it. (laughs) That's great. Tell me about Jesus Revolution, too, because I'm thinking, how long was that in the making? Yeah, it's a wonderful story. Uh, John Irwin discovered the Time Magazine article. So we were doing a a movie together called Woodlawn, which is this really cool uh, football movie uh, that John and Andy directed. And in in John's research for Woodlawn, he came across this Time Magazine cover, and it had this really rad-looking psychedelic Jesus painting on it. And it just said Jesus Revolution on the cover. And it wasn't, the, the article wasn't archived anywhere. He couldn't find it. So he ended up ordering a collector's edition copy off eBay for like $150, I think. Wow. And um, he read the article and he came in the next morning just so hyped. And he's like, guys, this is the movie. This is the next movie. We have to do this. And and I started doing research on it. Um, you know, uh, found these awesome stories about Lonnie Frisbee and, and, and Chuck and, and all that stuff that was happening in, in Southern California and, you know, 1969 to 1972. And in the midst of all this, John Irwin was becoming really good friends with Greg Laurie. And one day Greg Laurie, you know, John was talking to Greg about all this and he goes, you know, I was there, right? I was at Chuck's church and Chuck gave me the keys to my first church. And and John's like, what? (laughs) So, you know, he, he ended up, we ended up sitting with Greg, you know, for 10 hours, him and Kathy, just interviewing, grilling them, trying to get every little story that they had. And, you know, Greg ended up writing a book about it. And yeah. that was the genesis. And then that was that was 2014, 2015. And John really wanted that movie to go next. Uh, but instead, we jumped to I Can Only Imagine. Lionsgate got involved. Lionsgate liked Jesus Revolution. John wanted to do that right after I can only imagine. And then they're like, no, let's hold off. Let's do a couple more, a uh, couple more movies that we're more excited about. The studio was more excited about a couple more films. So yeah. that was the first time it kind of went away, they, but they promised us they'd let us do it. And, and sure enough, you know, they, they made good on their promise. And John Gunn, another amazing director, he was set to direct and they already had cast. They, the art department was in full swing. They had uh, all their locations. They were going to shoot the entire thing in Southern California and the pandemic hit, and it got shut down again. Man. And then the third time it came around, I was available. So I feel really <laughs> – I have a lot of gratitude. You know, I don't I don't wish anything – I don't want anything to fall apart. It's really hard to make movies. But the third time it came around, I was available to work on it. So, I mean, it worked out good for me. And, you know, obviously um, obviously the film is what it is because of the, of the time that, that it made. So I really feel like it's guided. I feel like the setbacks were, were good. I think we ended up with the greatest possible cast and just a lot of movie. Um, I think we ended up with some beautiful comedy and uh, some very heartfelt performances and just a great crew as well. So it just, it just feels like we got to do it at the right time. And, and you know how it is, man, just, you know, in your spiritual walk, sometimes it's not on your timeline, but it yeah. ends up being on the perfect timeline because it's not yours. That's you know, it. So. That's right. Yeah. And just tuning in, Brent McCorkle yeah. is our guest today on the Tim DeWashio, WFIL in Philadelphia. What you just described there reminds me, I had a conversation. Uh, you, do you know Steve Taylor by chance? Uh, I love Steve. We're friends. He's, okay. He's amazing. He is. And I remember, I'm bringing it up because I remember interviewing Steve about 20 years ago. As a musician, of course, he had his own recording career. Then he had uh, times where he produced. He also wrote for a lot of folks, including Newsboys, uh, but also did some film. And at the time, he was saying, Tim, I'm realizing how much money it takes to make even a bad film. He's you know, putting his own stuff down in a humble way, but saying, look, compared to making an album, this film stuff is a lot of work. 
and expensive. Anyway, you were just describing all those ups and downs, even emotionally, for someone to say yes and then no, we're going to table it. And then to keep that all the way through, you know, perhaps really is God's timing and sustaining it to make it last as long as it did to, till it finally came to fruition. So, Yes. Well, we're such a microwave popcorn culture. And, you know, but the, the, truth, the truth of the matter is big family issues don't get solved in a 23-minute sitcom episode. You know, like <laughs> some of the most beautiful things in our, in our world, on our planet— take time you know if you look at nature and just things that have you know built up over eons of time you know so yeah you need you need to spend a lot of time loving on on a movie uh for it to be good it's it's definitely a slow cook uh like a slow burn thing you have to put a lot of time and energy into and john Irwin says something similar to steve taylor he's like for about the exact amount of energetic output you know you can make a good movie or a bad movie i mean you're going to go out and shoot and kill yourself on something for, you know, a good year or two, even if you're rushing. So why not spend the extra time and, and just make it good? Because yeah. it's going to suck so much time and energy and resources out of you no matter what. And it's, you know, still takes a lot of time and energy to make a bad film, as Steve said. So let's spend the extra time to make it as good as we possibly can. I just I don't understand why why you know people feel the need to rush uh especially on a especially on a, a motion picture you know there's just so many so many moving parts and um yeah. it literally feels like you're building a, a spacecraft you know you just there every part is is vital and if one little part malfunctions it ripple effects you know to the entire process oh right like that's that's why i'm fascinated my son tim as a teaches film and uh and photography at a christian school in, in florida and uh, he's been there for a few years now. And my other son, Toby, they've done, they did like 60 short films when they were in high school or like, um, you know, shorts and, and commercials and other things like that. And uh, I, I find the craft very interesting through them and observing them as a dad. And he actually uh, uh, had emailed me some questions from his class. We had the Phillies video guy, Dan Stevenson, on recently. He put together their 2022 yearbook. And my son said... How do you keep a video about the Philly season fresh when you basically have the same set the entire time, which is basically the ballpark? And Dan said, the music is really what sets it apart and allows – and I, I, even though was, the interview was not that long ago, it's really sticking with me. Everything I watch now, including Jesus Revolution, I'm like, that music just made that scene so much stronger. And, and you as a composer would certainly appreciate that. Yes, yes, you can – repaint an entire landscape i mean I, I do this with students sometimes like uh just for fun i will temp in different music tracks over like classic films and it's like a totally different vibe and uh they did it at like as um thought experiments like psychological experiments back in the 70s but they would just show a bear like just natural footage of a bear walking and yeah. they would play like real ominous music and then they'd stop it and be like what's he gonna do he's like oh he's gonna kill somebody and then you know, then they play like kind of bumbling, dopey like circus music. <laughs> like, oh, oh, well, he's gonna slip and fall into the river and like have a prat fall or something, you know. So yeah. the music directly goes to whatever part of your brain that that lights up, you know, when it's feeling emotions and and feeling spiritual. It's incredible what music can do. Your choice to put music in or leave it out. Um, yeah. I'm a musician at heart, you know, like. I, I always tell people I'm a musician who happens to make films for a living, but um, Interesting. music is the lifeblood of what I do. And there's a lot of correlation between music and film 
there's a there's a lyrical quality to the dialogue there's rhythm to all of it rhythm to the performances rhythm to the scenes rhythm mm-hmm. to the edit um you know so I, it i bring i try at least i try to i try to bring all of my musicality into my work uh as a filmmaker and um i just have to brag on lionsgate because my music tastes <laughs> are expensive so they really went to bat for me and uh, the producers came around me too. And I mean, they found money. I think some of them, you know, ended up giving up some of their fees uh, just because they believed in what I was trying to do with the music, uh, you know, from the, from the era. And so I, I, I mean, and you never hear this story from directors in Hollywood, but I, I feel like I got 85% of the music that I wanted for this movie. And it's not, it's not a crazy expensive, you know, it's not a hundred million dollar movie by any stretch. And so the music that we were able to get with the music supervisors and Lionsgate really being behind my vision for it. And also just the producers and John, you know, John would come in and see the music I'd, I had tempted in. He's like, I don't care how much that costs. We're going to get it, you know? Mm. So, so yeah, man, I had a team around me that really, really saw what I was trying to bring to it on the music side, both with the score and the, you know the the songs we were trying to get from the from the era. I love that. It's such an and, important um, so, such an important era for the. I mean, the music really is super key to that era, and then stories that are being told. Greg Laurie joined us, and the folks who are just tuning in, we're chatting with Brent McCorkle with Jesus Revolution, uh, director, co-director, I guess technically you uh, and John. You were saying twenty uh, fourth of February is when it's in theaters. There's a soft opening on the twenty second. Greg Laurie said it's a love story. Uh, but and of course, there's more stories too. The the story of God's love for us, and then there's other storylines within. And so there's a lot going on culturally speaking. The plot lines are happening to weave all that together. Uh, you, I wanted to ask you about the people you got to work with because you re- referenced it a little while ago. Working with actors like Kelsey Grammer and and Jonathan Rumi and all the rest. I mean, that must have been something. And I'm I'm guessing like, how do you approach that? You let them do their thing. You want to guide them but you're also reading what the, what what their language is so to speak as far as how they work best yes two totally different approaches uh jonathan remy is very method and needs a lot of time to prep and he would just call me and tell me some of the stuff he was doing to get ready for to to play lonnie he really you know put himself into the role he lost 20 pounds he went he went on a special diet. He got a dialect coach. He had his hair done like three times. And I think even, I think on the second time it wasn't, he had this picture and he was adamant that the, his hair would be like, and they, they couldn't get it right. He's like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> and, uh, and like the, you know, the third time they got it right finally. But I mean, he was, he was so protective of Lonnie and he would talk to you about Lonnie and he would cry. And it was, man, it was beautiful. Hmm. I, I cannot say enough positive about what he did and you just feel it man you feel it in every moment that he's on that he's on the screen and and then you have um then you have kelsey who's more like this war veteran you know like he just comes in he just has beautiful like crazy just gravitas his presence when he walks on to the set i mean he's just he's a bigger than life personality and he was so kind so genuine so humble and i knew he was going to be funny and i knew he was going to play the straight man really good and kind of be the butt of the joke and all that stuff i knew he's going to nail all that but i didn't expect him to come in so spiritually vulnerable and transparent Hmm. and in almost every scene his eyes are just glassy and he's just feeling these deep emotions and man it's it was spiritual it was an honor to work with both those guys and i would just say the cast 
overall, even the even just the supporting cast, it's across the board, just great performances, and everybody worked so hard. Um, I'll give away a little bit of my process because everybody always wants to know this, but for me, it's really about putting the right people on the pirate ship. I, like if if like someone is there to hoist the mainsail, like I don't need to be over there going, oh, you should really be hoisting it this way. It's like. If they know how to hoist the mainsail, just let them do their thing. Like, they've probably done it more than I have, or at least as much as I have. And so I just want the right people on my ship. And I just feel like with casting especially, you just want to be looking at it. You want to be see their tapes. You want to see them and be like, okay, they got it. Now, every once in a while, you want to adjust them and, like, give them maybe something else to try. But overall, man, I just I'm just a big, big advocate of – the right actor in the right role and not that anything would ever go on autopilot, but I don't want to be sitting there trying to manufacture a performance out of somebody because you gave them the wrong role. Right. So when Kelsey walked onto set, man, he was Chuck. It was beautiful. He met, um, he met the woman, Julia playing his wife and Allie playing his daughter. He met them on set and he just pulled them in really close. And man, it, I grew, I grew by about 10 years in my directing career watching him because he pulled them close. He put his arms around them and he just looked in each of their eyes and his eyes like glazed over. And I, I watched a film family form <laughs> like before my very eyes. It was wow. the most incredible thing to watch. But, but man, and then from then on, when he looked at Julia, like she was his wife. When he looked at Allie, she was his daughter. And man, it was powerful, dude. Like both those guys are just powerhouses and, I could I could go on and on. Joel Courtney was amazing. Anna Grace Barlow, Charlie Patton, who played Connie, Ali Ionides, Jeanette. Um, you know, I, I mean, so on and on yeah, and on. Kimberly Williams Paisley was amazing too. I mean, they really yep. did a great job. Brent McCorkle, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL in Philadelphia, co-director of Jesus Revolution. Tell me about a little bit about your 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 hopes for it. It's a lot of work, and it's done. It's ready. It's coming out. What are your hopes for uh, Jesus Revolution for those who'll see it? Man, me and Jonathan talked about this a lot, but even if you watch how he did Lonnie, um, when there were different, when there were dissenting points of view as far as values, worldview, religion, uh, Lonnie and the people of the time would go out of their way just to be kind. And so I do feel like we're in a pretty terrible time in American history right now. Um, I've never seen... Uh, this much malaise, um, you know, in, in our society, uh, in my lifetime, I'm 50 now. And I also generally feel like, um, the church as a construct in the West has, has derailed a bit. And I, I really do hope amidst all this really hateful political rhetoric and just everyone looking at the other as their enemy, I really, I really hope this film is like a love bomb (laughs) in our society. I just, I just really want people to get back to the love of God and really entertain this notion of how fiercely Jesus loved and his ministry was outside the church. Like, you know, it would be a completely different religion or not even be a religion if he just spent all his time in the synagogues and, and, and his ministry was done outside the church and he was criticized for the people that he, that he hung around with. And he poured out himself, you know, his very life um, as an offering of love. And um, right. so I really do hope this gets people talking about 
what is at their core uh, as a Christian or, or you know, these yeah. views that they espouse, at least, because, man, Jesus in the Bible, man, you know, good Samaritan, like, well, who, <laughs> who <laughs> right. really loved, you know, who, who really loved this guy? Well, you know, it was the person willing to actually get down and pick this person, this bloody person up and actually spend their time and their money and their resources. They're very busy. They're a business person, and they stop their life to help this person. And it's the most unsuspecting, uh, you know, the person you would not expect in the story to be the neighbor, and yet he was. And, you know, Jesus also said to love your enemies. And I always joke around. I was like, if that's the gauntlet for being a true Christian, I maybe I maybe have met four real Christians in my whole life, you know? So, uh, I mean, yeah. it's a joke, right? But at the same time, no, it's, but really, it's, it's a... It's, <laughs> It's a heavy gauntlet, like that he threw down. Like if you look at the gauntlet he threw down, um, it's uh, it's a practice for the rest of your life, and you never perfect it. And so I, I really do hope for this movie, people are like, whoa, man, the the basic tenet of Christianity is love. Like I would really love to get back to that. And we just show this beautiful moment in time where there's just this crystallized moment where there's just this love, you know. Uh, these two disparate groups come together and able to go to church together, you know, under this banner of Christian love. And so, so yeah, that was my main theme. And I really, I really hope people actually feel love coming off the screen. And I hope that it, it empowers them and also challenges them to look in their own heart and be like, God, let me be an instrument of your love on this earth. That's, that's what you put me here for. And that's, that's what I want my life to be about. So yeah, that's my long winded. No, that's good. (laughs) Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Brent McCorkle, our guest today in the Tim DeMoss Show, co-director of Jesus Revolution. You are welcome anytime on the program, whether you want to chat some more about Jesus Revolution or certainly other projects down the pike. Can I, uh, can I, yeah, can I leave with you, you with one closing thing? I Please was going to talk to you about your sons real quick. Yeah, okay. Um, I think your sons are on an amazing path because this is how I, I, I came onto the scene making short film after short film after short film. I had a bucket of short films just like your sons did. And, a lot of them were terrible, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, as I, as I continued to hone my craft and open myself up to criticism, my stuff got better and better and better. And, and soon, uh, you know, I made a couple that won some festivals and I caught the eye of some producers that were looking for, um, their director for a feature. And that's how I broke in. So I totally broke in making buckets of short films and competing in dumb little festivals, you know? And uh, so I just want to, you know, if you were able to pass that on to your sons, but I mean, they're on a great path and I, I always tell people like, yeah, make stuff. Even like, I mean, I was talking to a kid yesterday. He's like, I don't have any gear. I was like, start shooting stuff on your phone. I don't care. It's not an excuse. Like make it. stuff. So I really applaud, you know, I just want to applaud and encourage your, your sons, man. Cause I think, I think that's how you grow and you learn, you know, just, um, falling down and getting back up. And uh, so, yeah, some of my shorts, I, I, I could be blackmailed with. <laughs> so terrible. But, uh, but you know, great. you got to start somewhere. And like, and you know, you make your first short. That's when I tell people is like, you just cleated into the mountain. Now you're looking up and you got a long mountain to climb, but you just, you just got on the mountain. And uh, so anyway, I uh, love that by your sons and uh, yeah, just give them my, my love and tell them they're, they're rocking it out there. I will. I will. And I'll, I'll be sure to my older son, Tim, who has a class. I'm sure that that's great words of wisdom. He can share with his class too, as he's trying to coach them in and let them do what you just said and, and uh, experiment. And I love what you said about the phone. Just get your phone, do something, 
don't be feel limited yeah. until all the everything's all lined up for you. That's right. That's right. That's where people make the mistake. They're like waiting for they're waiting for it when they should just get on the mountain, you know. So That's great. Um, yeah, man. Well, hey, reach out anytime. That's I'd great. love to talk to you again. That'd be wonderful. Thank you so much, Brent. God bless you. Have a great rest Thanks. of your day. Take care, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Brent McCorkle, co-director of the Jesus Revolution film. You can win tickets to that, maybe an autographed copy of the book on our site. Just go to our homepage at WFL.com, and you'll see that right there. Quick break. Wrap things up in just a second. WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Today is uh, Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point's birthday. Happy birthday, Dr. Jeremiah. Gave out some gift cards to Duncan, John and Clementon, New Jersey, as well as Gary and Swedesboro and Bruce and Glassboro amongst our winners. Congratulations to you all. Heading out. Our daughter is having back surgery tomorrow. If you'd be willing to pray for her, I'd appreciate it. Her name is Tori. Thanks, and see you soon. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.